Our gospel today comes from the gospel of Mark in chapter 1, beginning in the first verse. I invite you, as you're able, to stand for the reading. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it's written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messengers before your face, who will prepare your way, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Jesus appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin. And all the country of Judea and all of Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. As we consider the work of love that God is communicating to us today through this gospel message that began long before, as we heard in the words of the prophet Isaiah, and as we'll discuss in a moment, even before that, I was reminded as we considered this text this week that there are sometimes there are things that we know, and there's ways how we feel. And they don't always come together, right? What we know and how we feel uh, don't always come together. For example, I've had the opportunity in my ministry on many occasions over the last several decades to be at the top of uh, towers like this one and being challenged at the top of that tower, hearing from people down below, and here you go ahead and jump, it's okay. The rope will hold you. The harness can handle a Volkswagen bug. You'll be fine. But you know, as well as you might know that, when you're standing on that ledge, it might not feel quite the same way, right? Because you look down and you see just how far it is. And I've been one of those cheering others on. It's okay. We saw all those people go down. They didn't die. You'll be all right. But it's one thing to know it. Another thing to feel it, right? We know the promise of the Lord. It's another thing to feel it. Now for some of us, it's a little bit easier. Here's Luther going down that zip line. If I had the sound on, you'd hear him saying it to infinity and beyond. For some of us, maybe as we see the promise of God, it's easier to, to jump off more quickly. For others, it's careful study and asking the Lord to work on us. But we're reminded, all of us, one and all today, that we can trust that rope 
Because we can trust the Word of God. And I don't know what precipice you're sitting at. Maybe you're facing an illness or a family member is. Or maybe you are looking down at a financial crisis or troubles at your job or with your kids. Or maybe you have this sense that God is calling you to share with someone the good news of the gospel and you're not sure if you're fully equipped to do that. Or maybe the Lord has been speaking to you and saying, you can believe. You can trust in me. Come to faith in me, your Lord and Savior. And as true as that is, sometimes we sit at the top and we can get distracted by how far down it is and how hard this world is. Maybe you're distracted by the craziness of this world and how many folks are going a direction other than the way of the Lord. Maybe we're considering the political reality of the world and wonder, will there ever be peace or wisdom in our world again? Whatever precipice you are sitting on this morning, you, friends, can trust the Word of God. I can trust the Word of God. We can be made ready to jump into where God is calling us to go. Whatever commitment, whatever calling, whatever person's life we're called to be engaged with, we can answer this call. We can receive this gift of faith because we can trust the Word. Why can we trust that Word? Well, as one scholar put it, I liked that because this voice that we are hearing in this word has been a long time in coming. What you hear proclaimed and fulfilled in the John the Baptist and in the person of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has been spoken of centuries before by the prophet Isaiah. Proclaiming God's promise of love for us. His promise of love has been planned. This plan has been made ready for centuries for you and for me and for all of God's people. And how do I know that? Well, just look at the first words of this gospel lesson, the beginning of the gospel. He uses this word for beginning, arche. It's this word in Greek that we hear, and the Hebrews hearing this word would have recognized it right away, used in the Old Testament, Septuagint, Greek version of that, where they use the same word, in the beginning. Taking us all the way back to Genesis chapter 1. That this promise of the gospel began at the very beginning of creation. That God's plan began then. And that as he spoke, as one scholar pointed out, and many others, that not only did the author of this gospel, God speaking through him, quote Isaiah, but he also quoted Malachi about the messenger. 
and even reference the book of Exodus. And so here we have one voice with the same messenger and the same Holy Spirit who dwelt above the waters at the beginning, who spoke through the prophets, who led his people out of slavery into the promised land, the same Holy Spirit that traveled with them cloud by day, fire by night. This same voice is being fulfilled now. And we have a new regenesis, a new beginning. And now, a worldwide exodus. An exodus for the whole world to come from the wilderness and to cross the Jordan into the promised land. Just as God's people crossed the Red Sea and it was parted, we read when they went into the promised land, the Jordan was parted. And now when Jesus enters the Jordan River with John the Baptist, he who brings with him the Holy Spirit is now bringing us into the promised land. And so the book of Isaiah, as another scholar points out, reminds us of Yahweh's worldwide plan of salvation and that a new exodus is happening. Well, at the time of Isaiah, it was to have an exodus out of exile of Babylon back into the promised land. But now we know it's much greater than that. As Chad Bird will point out and other scholars with him, John is preparing the way of Jesus to let us know that Jesus is none other than Yahweh himself. Full stop, no mistakes. He is the one true God. Sometimes people say, well, doesn't does it really say that Jesus is God in the Bible? Right here, it tells us that in the Gospel of Mark. This is the one true God. This plan, this word, this rope will hold you up. It holds up in history. As God created the world in the beginning, as God led his people out of slavery, out of the wilderness, into the promised land, as God led his people out of exile into the promised land, as he comes in the first century, flesh and blood, God incarnate. And as the Holy Spirit comes to us now today, as we are baptized in that same spirit, by way of preaching the baptism, the gift of baptism and repentance with the Holy Spirit, The same Holy Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. The same Holy Spirit that John Mark saw Jesus go from death to life. And so this word is historic, trustworthy, and true. And so we can trust the word of God preached to us when we sit on this precedent. Precipice. What we know can change 
what we feel. For there is a new Genesis. With this final prophet, John the Baptist, he is redirecting our attention from ourselves, from how far down it is, for how hard life is, for how difficult it is, and inviting us once again to cross by faith into the Jordan. Because of the promise of baptism, there's a reason why Advent used to be celebrated with the color purple as a reminder that it's a season of repentance. But now, it's often commonly celebrated with the color blue as a reminder of the promise of baptism. Both are true. In this new beginning, this new Genesis, we cross with Jesus into the promised land as we cross the Jordan River through baptism into his very presence. What we know, this word is faithful and true, can transform how we feel. And yet on this second week of Advent, I understand, still, we wait. We remember that Christ has come, and that Christ will come again. And while we wait, it is hard. When we sit on that ledge, we wonder, is this harness really going to hold me up? What I'm facing, what I'm facing. You don't know how hard what I'm facing is and how over and over it keeps coming at me. And as those who would come to John the Baptist for the baptism of repentance, he would not, as one scholar put it, let them focus on him. He redirected their attention away from himself and to Jesus. And so as you sit on that, precipice today. Redirect. Redirect your gaze to Jesus. So that indeed we can take a step of faith from what we know and how we feel and move off of that ledge This is the voice of love that has been planned for us from the beginning. From the beginning. And so, dear friends, we can trust that word completely. Even while yet still we wait. In the darkness of this world, God's light still shines. Anaya was with her children 10 years ago. I read in the Voice of the Martyrs magazine this week. I heard getting ready for church. Anaya was, was getting her children ready for church. They were going to go to Sunday school. One of them wasn't feeling well. And so they called dad, who was a youth minister traveling at that time, to convince him, to convince mom, to let him to still go. And so Fami and 
Anaya allowed their children and their family to go to worship that morning. And when they went, uh, after uh, the morning session, uh, Anaya realized that one of the kids were still not feeling that great, and so she was going to head out early. But before they could leave, two suicide bombers attacked their church in Pakistan. And it was the greatest attack on Christians with well over a hundred perishing, including Fami and Anaya's two beautiful children. And when Fami came to the, finally got back in town and got to the hospital where his wife Anaya was uh, recovering from her injuries, she said, and excuse the mistake on my slide here, she said, after all of that, after learning that her children had perished, that Fami's parents had been killed, the other members of their family and uh, dozens of their closest friends had perished. And even when some other Christians said to them, you know, I wonder what you did wrong to have this bad thing happen to you, like the friends of Job, they knew the word well enough for me, and Ananias did to know that that wasn't true. So Ananias said this from the hospital. She said, even then I was not blaming God. I didn't give up my faith. That word, the promise of salvation, is strong enough to hold us up, whatever we face. Today, for me and Anaya, have a ministry of counseling among God's people for those who have experienced tragedy and need comfort. Today, they talk about how they've even forgiven those who have perpetrated these attacks. And they've chosen to stand on the rock that is Christ. Jesus, and proclaim the good news of salvation. The people of God continue to worship in that church today. They continue to stand and trust in that word. We can trust that word. The word made flesh and dwelt among us. And so, whether it's as simple as Answering the call to invite someone to church. Maybe God's got that on your heart. Or to make a commitment to the Lord in our partnership together as a church. Or maybe it's to come to the Lord by faith for the first time. I don't know what God's calling you to do today. I don't know what anxiety he's inviting you to let go of because he's got this as deep and as hard and as high up as it is right now. He says to you and to me, he keeps his promises. This word from the very beginning until now, one voice, one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, one God, The Word, Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God, 
You can trust this word. His light still shines in the darkness and the darkness has not and will never overcome it. So go ahead. Trust that word. Zip down into this world of darkness and shine His light today. Amen.